This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Niratom Bele on Power 98.7. All right, thank you very much to the news teams. Let us talk about the battle, the e-commerce battle that is unfolding right before our eyes. And just what intrigued me the other day is I just got a a notification, a push notification for a new e-commerce site called Temu. Um, Beautiful in orange, a simple, nice little um, uh, logo. And they... And they just knew how to uh, wheel me in. They were selling Swiss voil lace, which is code for beautiful West African fabric. I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I really know what it costs if I bought it from Vlisco or whatever. And it was almost half the price. And I was sucked in, right? And then the more I looked at the site, they sell anything, anything single thing you want and all at discounted prices a week later that voil was in the palm of my hands and all that they done is also used a very simple payment link for servicing customs duties for the import as well so a very seamless system that uses uh, financial technology outsourcing Uh, a virtual marketplace that taps into almost any product that's available in the world. Uh, Definitely AI because they knew how to reel me and they knew what I want as a customer, me personally. Um, And just very attractive, good deals. And I thought to myself, what's Temu? And then reading up a little bit about it, I realized what's going on. It is the Chinese version of Amazon. Um, and it's here. And at the same time, Amazon, which is the huge, huge e-commerce platform in the U.S., is also looking to make inroads in South Africa. And Take A Lot is very worried because their fear is once the big giants come in, they just don't have the prowess or the reach or the warehousing or the global tentacles to take them on. Now, what is exciting about this story is that E-commerce is definitely a burgeoning market here. Um, It is already about 2% of the total retail economy. So you can see that there is a whole 98% opportunity for growth there. Uh, And why would you go to the shops if you don't have to? If you can just do it all online from the comfort of your home. You know, that's how people reason. And COVID really taught us that. But... What does it mean for opportunities inside the local economy? We are looking at these unemployment figures, 8 million people not working. A lot of these jobs can just utilize the digital platforms. Um, The warehousing will use the robots. So how does this disadvantage opportunities for workers, um, for made in South Africa goods, um, for innovators here, or are there more opportunities than there are threats? Let's talk to Mudiwa Gabaza, who's a tech writer at Business Day. Good morning. 
Uh, good morning, Lerato. Good to hear from you. Sounds like uh, the AI and the algorithms are really getting to you here in the <laughs> commerce world. Can you, you got to say, eh? And, and uh, surreptitiously, I have to say, because it crept up on me. I didn't even know that there was Temu and now it's here. And apparently everybody knows about them. And, and what I'm told is they only came back into the market about three months ago. Uh, and there's already a shake-up. So let's start off with e-commerce and what we mean by it, Mudiwa. So right now, you know, when we talk about e-commerce, we're basically talking about uh, the ability to buy and sell goods online. There are a lot of people who have different definitions of, you know, what falls into the bucket of online retail, yeah. you know, what fits into, is there a difference between that and e-commerce? Because, for example, a lot of people actually don't factor in, uh, let's say, the buying of uh, travel tickets online as part of the e-commerce calculation, oh, really? for example. Yeah, and that's a huge amount um, of traffic that mm. goes through the systems. If you were to factor that in, you probably have numbers that are much bigger than that. Than the because, 2%. Exactly. Okay. Um, by some estimates, we're now closer to, you know, maybe 45 or 5%, but still a relatively small number, um, you know, in the South African okay. market, which is estimated to be just over 1 trillion rand in retail sales. My goodness. Okay, so... The simple um, explanation is to say, whilst there are, whilst there's increasingly more South Africans who will buy an outfit online, will go on Instagram, see it, uh, order it, pay for it online, e-commerce, or go onto their 60 Minutes Checkers app or Woolworths Dash app or Spa app and order their groceries online and within an hour they're at the door. That's e-commerce. The majority of people still prefer to get in the car, get on a bus, on a taxi, go to town, go to the mall and shop. So we still are shopping in a conventional brick and mortar retail, uh, conventional retail way. But there is 5% of consumers who increasingly are doing it the other way. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, that is exactly what we're talking about. And and I think the numbers are going to get much larger. Uh, South Africa is a little bit, you know, finds itself in an interesting place where uh, South Africa is behind, let's say, your Western averages that are sitting between 15 and 20%, um, you know, showing you that even in developed countries, um, e-commerce is still in the minority, but still much bigger than South Africa. Okay. At the same time, South Africa is still way ahead um, of what's going on in the rest of the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, on a practical level, you mentioned Checker 6060 just now. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was most impressed by when it comes to online retail, e-commerce, and where we're going, I was in India last year in November, mm. And they have come up with ways as heavy, as heavily populated as that country is and as dense as, you know, the populations are in the cities. They have come up with ways where you can order um, certain grocery items and they'll arrive at your door within 10 minutes. So Lerato starts cooking. 
she realizes that there's an ingredient that's missing, quickly orders it online, and within the cooking process, something arrives in 10 minutes. And you can see the Asian countries are really pushing ahead with what's going on in e-commerce. Okay. And so, in in a simple way, we've just summed up e-commerce, right? So, if you're sick um, and uh, you've been told you've got COVID, please don't contaminate people. It's the ability to order things and they come to your door you are safe, you keep the population safe, but you're able to get your goods coming to you simply by using your phone or your iPad or whatever, e-commerce. Now, let's talk about these players and who they are. Uh, because in South Africa, we've got a homegrown company, Take A Lot. They've done really well, actually, I think. But they're very expensive. And the issue is, you know, somebody's wondering, how, where do they get all the stuff? If you want a TV, they've got it. If you want a fridge, they've got it. If you want a pair of shoes, they've got it. If you want a hairpiece and a hair extension, they've got it. If you want to buy a pen, they've got it. Where do they source? And how do they catalog everything? How does it work? What two of the things to you know think about is the fact that um, a lot of the time when you go online, right, you are exactly the example that you gave just now about maybe you're sick, you can't go to the shops. You're substituting a physical experience uh, for an online one, and you can see that in South Africa, that's the approach that you know take a lot has taken. Um, they've taken more of the, I'm going to call it the formal retail experience. Yeah. Instead of walking into game macro, um, you know, or maybe for Shini or one of yeah. those, you can go on to Superbulis, you can go on to Take A Lot, yeah. and you can get the same goods, but online. Whereas the approach that the likes of Shein and Timu have taken yeah. is to say, um, there's also another part of the e-commerce world where people are looking for great deals. And that's where companies like Amazon had done well. But um, what Timo and Sheehan have done is to sort of uh, pull the rug under Amazon, you know, because they have basically shown that all these goods are being sourced from exactly the same places, which is usually China, right? And you now have Chinese companies coming in and saying, hey, you've got this dress, you've got this... Um, you know, computer, you've got this, um, you know, pair of shoes, whatever it is that you are getting on Amazon at what you thought was a discount. Actually, those guys are marking up those products a lot. We can go back to the source and get you those same products much cheaper. And you see, that's how these companies have been able to rise up. Um, Timu, most interesting because Timu has been in operation for less than, I think uh, less than a year and a half mm-hmm. now, you know, around the world. But the waves that they're making are crazy. Okay. So I still just wanted to focus, Mudiwa, just work with me, please. I still wanted to focus on the warehousing, the sourcing, because um, we just need to understand how it works. So Take A Lot is a homegrown one. And we were just talking about the fact that they've got their tentacles all over the place. They they, they can get you almost anything from a mango archer to Brazilian <laughs> hair extensions to the TV at game. Um, how does it work? So a lot of the time, uh, and that's why I made a distinction between um, what's going on with, uh, you know, predominantly a company like Take A Lot mm. and the products that you see there versus, you know, what you see on a... We'll talk on the a, Chinese on a, on a one sheet. in a moment. Yeah, we'll talk the Chinese yes. ones. Yeah, 
because with uh, with take a lot for example take a lot has two types of uh, goods that they're selling on the platform mm. they are selling goods on behalf of uh, you know either major retailers or major manufacturers yeah. so you'll see samsung as samsung itself okay. will list its own goods let's say on on take a lot uh, ray-ban nike all of these official brands will list their goods on take a lot for sale Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got that piece. Then you've got small businesses in South Africa that also list their goods, you know, on a take a lot. Um, now, those small those small businesses in a, in many instances tend to um, source their products from places like China. Mm-hmm. That's the model that has uh, okay. you know, driven um, Amazon, your smaller se- sellers or that type of thing that are getting products. Um, oh. People always refer to drop shipping. You know, for example, you know, you get a bunch of goods from the East, you, you know, you bring them in and then you list them on a take a lot on an Amazon. Um, and now you then have a huge corporation instead of small businesses like what we're having on take a lot or Amazon. Yeah. You have a huge corporation that sinks billions into saying we will list all these, um, you know, products for you. So. Timu and both Timu and Shein have factories. Um, that's one of the biggest differences okay. that um, that they have with the Take a Lot is that they are producing a lot of this stuff on their own. Shein is a good example. They basically, on the fashion side, they will see what are the trends. They scan social media. They're using a lot of AI to see what the trends are, and they can replicate those trends within a matter of days okay. or weeks which is huge, which is fast, which is why they're called um, fast fashion. And they can produce those goods Um. themselves. They've got their own factories. They can, or they license the stuff, or they, you know, contract out to factories. They get the goods in, and they're able to drive okay. down the prices. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so now you've introduced to us the China model versus the American and even the South African model. So, in South Africa, what they do is they just try to source from as many diverse places that they can, but in the formal retail space. Um, The Americans have just a wider network to source from. And then the Chinese, they make their own goods and then they create their own sales platform, which is what we're seeing with the Timu model, for instance, is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, definitely. Because if you you think about it, there are a bunch of uh, people that sell, um, you know, homegrown goods on, you know, a take a lot. But... In the many instances, even small businesses that have their own products, you'll find that where are they getting those products made? They're getting them made in the East in, in many right. instances. And the East has become, you know, the factory of the world. Yeah. And now you have those people, you know, waking up and saying, guys, we don't want to simply be um, the factory of the world and just make goods on behalf of other people. Here are our marketplaces. We are the ones with the factories. We can actually give you prices okay. that are closer to cost without the markups of your your, your business people in South Africa uh-huh. and America uh, and all that. And that's what makes them competitive then. This is why uh, those of us who've now encountered Timu are saying, how can I get fabric for half the price that I would if I went to the IP, if I went to Vlisco, for instance, to buy the same material? Yes, definitely. And and one of the other th- I would say yes, that's the big thing that is benefiting them one. 
Uh, two is the fact that uh, there's a lot more cash to burn um, than the likes of Take A Lot. Take A Lot is owned by the biggest company in South Africa, that's NASPERS. But even NASPERS doesn't have the budget that Shein has when it comes to you know putting in goods. Um, some of the reporting has shown that Timu, for example, made a loss of about $3 billion last year, yeah. right? And um, people don't know this, but uh, Timu was actually founded by a guy who founded another e-commerce platform called Pindodo. And that company, that's worth $100 billion. So when he starts Timu, he's got a lot of money to burn to make this thing work which is something that take a lot doesn't have so the economics are completely different someone is willing three billion dollars in rands you're looking at uh roughly 50 or so billion rand right that someone is willing to lose in order to grow how many companies in south africa can lose 50 billion rand in order to grow and so the, the 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 playing field is not level at all And then I think the second piece is, I don't know if you've heard of the term social commerce. No, tell me. So social commerce is something that the likes of Timu have been good at, where their main channel of um, Uh, marketing has been through social media, which is why um, their approach, because what they're trying to do is what Alibaba tried to do with AliExpress, teach the world that you can get Chinese goods on the cheap. But Alibaba did not understand social media. Timu has understood social media. Shein has understood social media. They're both making the most of it. And you can even see the trend going further because TikTok, TikTok actually has its own similar competing platform. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. I think it's called TikTok Shopping or TikTok Shop or something like that, where they are also driving um, e-commerce goods through their social media okay. platform. So many people are selling products through t- uh, through TikTok. So you can see that there's that wave that's making okay. use of social media. All of these companies, including TikTok, are from China. Okay. So you can see that, uh, you know, from a strategy point of view, these guys are doing so well. Okay, so this, you've said two things as we wind down the conversation. You use the term fast fashion because we're talking here certainly about the textile aspect of um, the business. Um, and one of the concerns is that you know you of course you can source for for myself uh these wonderful fabrics from uh china they look west african but they're actually made in china because actually the chinese textile industry gets a subs a, a healthy subsidy from the state in order to have these big textile factories and that's what's decimated textiles across the world but what it also does do is it undermines the spirit of fast of of slow fashion the idea of quality over quantity so there's that issue of quality when you are shopping on an e-commerce platform and then the second issue is what can the regulator do to protect and i don't want to use the word protect but local industries here from being flooded by these um attractive goods coming on these platforms from Asia. Because if you can order your goods on Monday and by next Monday they're here from China and you got them at a half price and it's easy to transact, it's really not just going to dent local e-commerce, but even local supply chains. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go, you know, take a step back and maybe say something that's uh, you know, typical um in these conversations and just say South Africa needs to grow its economy. Um because companies like this um do well in a price sensitive environment. South mm-hmm. Africans are very price sensitive. South Africans are under a lot of uh, pressure and uh, from a from a consumer pocket point of view. Yeah. And all of that stuff is even is amplified even more in a situation where the economy is only expected to grow by 1% mm-hmm. where there's a huge unemployment crisis. Everyone is trying to make ends meet. And in making ends meet, people want to, you know, look nice, feel good, dress well, all of that stuff. And if someone is offering all of that at a cheaper price, then it's hard, um, you know, to keep such things out because you then say, okay, what is the alternative? Yeah. South African textiles, for example, were decimated, you know, more than a decade ago. Yeah. What does it take to, you know, get some of that stuff back, you know, into the into the country? Mm. You know, these are the fundamental mental conversations um, you know that we need to have the other hardest the hardest part from a regulator point of view is the fact that part of the reason why these goods are coming in as cheap as they are is because um, in many instances they don't carry import duties on them because the items are being ordered usually in such small quantities that legislatively they don't attract an import tax or an import oh duty, gosh. right? Which is different from, let's say, um, you know, Lerato has a shop and she's selling through take a lot and you're buying a hundred or a thousand or something mm. from China. You are paying import duties because you're buying in bulk. Yeah. But your customer who goes on Shein is buying one or two of these things. And because the, the the quantity is so small, there's no import duty, so it looks cheaper. If that same person was to order similar quantities on a Shein or a Timu, right, 100, 1,000 or whatever, mm-hmm. they would get import duties and the prices would go up. So it's a hard place to police, you know, how things like that happen. Oh, but I think... Just trying to get, trying to revive some of these industries locally would help us uh, to push forward. Okay, so what are we likely to see going forward now? It's only February and Timu's already here. <laughs> Amazon is coming. Take a lot is shaking. What's going to happen here? Um, I think the the entry of Amazon into South Africa is going to be the most interesting thing um, because unlike she and Antimu, these guys are, have both come in and they're offering goods to South Africans, whereas um, Amazon has come in and said we are setting up an an operation. We're gonna have um, we're gonna have offices. We're going to mm. be offering um, you know South African goods um, on the platform because Amazon has opened up. Um, you know, application for businesses in South Africa to register the model that we were talking about earlier on. So, you know, we expect that at least there'll be another place uh, that South African businesses can possibly get their right. goods. And hopefully the competition will help to drive, you know, some type of, uh, you know, price decreases for the consumer. Right. The consumer needs that. But the last piece is going to be logistics. Um, that's going to be a huge one, you know, for the likes of Amazon or anyone who really wants to operate in South Africa. How do you get goods from one end of South Africa to another mm-hmm. within a day? How do you make sure that someone who's in the middle of the Karoo 
or someone who's in a township in Kuguletu yeah. is able to receive their goods. Those are the logistical things that come with e-commerce. Yes, someone is sitting at their house, but how do you get those right. goods there? And Amazon throws money at things, so we wait to see if they right. have understood you know, how to, you know, throw their money in right. South Africa. And obviously there are some unique consequences as well uh, for the South African situation. Things like crime, unfortunately. I don't, you know, mean to blemish the conversation. If you're going to get your goods to Nyanga, you need to have figured out not just how to get them there, but how to make it safe for the courier going in there. And those are the, the local conditions that even Amazons uh, need to think about as they enter the market. What are the opportunities, uh, Mudiwa, for young South African entrepreneurs, certainly along the supply chain? So, you know, we might not be able to produce the textiles in those volumes, but where can the South Africans participate in this economy? Um, I think a couple of lessons, you know, I think the social commerce bit uh, that we're talking about just now is probably a really good one, um, you know, for people to get in on because a lot of the time we think of um, marketing budgets and a lot of money that has to be spent there. But the likes of, um, uh, you know, Timu have done a lot of investment on social media. And South Africans are very active on social media. That is a great sales channel, um, you know, to get in on. The logistics piece that I just spoke about, I think, mm-hmm. is a second opportunity. Um, we are seeing a lot of action from the likes of um, Mr. Mr. D, um, Uber Eats. You know, we think of them as food delivery platforms, but both of them have extended okay. their capabilities to sell it to delivering, um, you know, goods on behalf of businesses, right? So you have a business and maybe you're selling goods online, but you don't have, um, you know, your own, yeah. um, you know, drivers and that type of thing. You can use Uber Eats, you can use Mr. D and they'll okay. deliver your goods for you. So. That's a that's an opportunity, um, you know, for South Africans to get in on, especially localized, right? Okay. If you really understand your area, and you know, you maybe you do it on a on a local front. Maybe you are yeah. in, um, maybe you are in Makanda in the Eastern Cape, yeah. and you have a, a network of your own drivers. You know how to get things. You then become. Um, you know, the delivery partner for okay. a take a lot for an Amazon when they come in, for okay. example. Oh, I've loved this conversation and we should have more. Mudiwa Gavaza, the tech writer at Business Day. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.